Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity that we get to have out here in the great outdoors that you created. Through your son, Jesus Christ, all things were made for him and through him. Father, we just thank you that we get to come out and we get to celebrate Jesus Christ out here in the creation that he made. Father, we just ask you to be with this service. Be with the hearts of those who do not yet know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, today we ask that they come and they kneel and they give their life to Christ. Father, we ask that your spirit be poured out over this place. I already know that it is. Working in the hearts and the individuals of those that you love here in this church. Father, I ask you to be with Rob as he brings the message, Father God. And let the message be the message that pierces the heart. Father, and let the gospel be shared today. That the lost come to know and are saved through the power of Jesus Christ and the gospel that he came to give us. Father, we love you and we thank you. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, perhaps you've heard me tell the story about the man that fell down a long flight of stairs. And when he finally quit rolling and falling down the stairs, he simply then said... Praise God, that's over. See, what that man understood is that it rains on the just and the unjust. What that man understood is that in this world we shall have tribulations. What that man understood that it didn't matter if you built your house on the sand and was considered a foolish man, or you hit, built your house on the rock and was considered a wise man, listen, he understood the winds would still beat on the house, the rains would still fall, and the floods would still come. That man understood something about the storms of life. But what he did not maybe understand is we ought to stop long enough, if you're listening, say I am, I am. and categorize the storm. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying we categorize hurricanes with numbers. I'm saying we categorize tornadoes with letter and number. I'm saying when we watch the news... They tell us what kind of storms and that of just light thunderstorms, isolated storms, or severe storms. So we as Christians not need to just understand what that man understood. We sometimes need to pause long enough to categorize the storm. I believe the Bible gives us at least three storms that we can categorize. Number one, I want you to know, I call it a category S storm, and that's none other than the storm of salvation. Now, do you understand that God sometimes sends storms in our life that may bring us to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Think about it just for a second. Nicodemus come to Jesus by night. That's in a dark hour. Could have been a storm. But think about Luke's gospel, chapter 15. Think about that prodigal son. You know the story. He asked his dad for an early inheritance. He said, give it to me. Talk about a lost guy that don't even care that his dad's not dead. I want your money. Don't care much about you. 
Then that young man went off to a foreign country. And my Bible says the same thing as your Bible. He wasted all of his inheritance on prodigal living. Have you ever read in Luke's gospel when he'd done all that? There arose a great famine. Wouldn't you call that a storm? And in that great storm, in that famine, he ended up in the hog pen. And one day in the midst of that great famine, that great storm, listen here, he come to his senses. He made him a journey. And when he got to his father, he made a confession, my dear friends. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. And I'm not even worthy to be called your servants. Right. I believe it was a storm that sent him back to his father's house. And listen, when he was began to confess, the father saw him at a long ways off and began to run to him. And there was that confession, I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you, and I'm not even worthy. And I could see the father just cut him off and said, oh, don't worry about that. You've come to your senses because of that storm, because of that famine over there. And hey, put the robe on him. That speaks of royalty, put the ring on him, that speaks of honor, put some shoes on him, that speaks of stability, look here, my son, he was dead, now he's alive, my son that was lost, now he's found, and what drove him back to the father was a great stone, anybody here had a category S storm? Anybody here know Jesus Christ simply because there was a storm in your life? Well, in case you don't pick up what I'm putting down, I know some of you. I know a Chris McDaniel. I, I know an Andy Bryant. I know some of them folks that give testimony at our youth camp. Let me tell you what happened. They had a storm of addiction. It had brought despair upon their life. And in the midst of that storm, let me tell you who showed up in the midst of the storm. God showed up in the midst of that storm of addiction. And he found them broken and undone, dead, and he made them alive. He found them lost, and now they're found. Yeah. But see, some of you realize, man, I've never been on addiction. I've never had that. Well, let me ask you this. Anybody had the storm of disease in their life and come to know Jesus? Well, I'm telling you, if you don't agree with that, I've led a lot of people to the Lord Jesus Christ in a hospital bed and they've been given a disease that's going to take their life. My grandpa was one that in a storm of disease, a pastor showed up in the midst of that storm and guess what it done? It brought my grandpa to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How about a storm of death? I mean, he uses the storm of despair to bring some of us to Jesus in a category S storm. He uses the storm of disease to bring some of us to salvation. But how about in death? I mean, our family knows that well. The family cemetery started with a 16-year-old boy. But at that funeral, in that storm, I watched 48 people raise their hands. It was a storm, folks. One of their classmates, some of their family had died. But let me tell you something. When we got back home, I watched that storm of death bring Thelbert Barnes to his knees. Don't you ever think you're too tough and too rough? 
that God cannot send a storm that will bring you to your knees. Yeah. And I watched that category S storm in a way of death bring my father-in-law to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so don't you forget, you ought to categorize your storms. When there's a storm, you ought to just back up and say, man, what kind of biblical storm is this? But then secondly, I call it category C storm. That's the storm of chastisement. See, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Now listen to this. He scourges some of his sons. He scourges every son Amen. whom he receives. Amen. And if you are without scourging, if you are without chastisement from the Lord, let me tell you what the Lord calls you. KJV, King James Version, he said, if you're without chastisement, you're a bastard. You don't belong to me because I chasten my kids. Right. If you ever doubt there's a storm of chastisement, category C, you can read 2 Samuel beginning in chapter 11. See, there was a man that was after God's own heart. There was a man like many of you that desired to serve the Lord, but there's a man that was a lot like us, lived in sin nature. He got a little lazy, wasn't where he was supposed to be, and sin come into his life, and it snowballed. He had an affair. He committed murder. He lied, and he lied. He thought he had it covered, but we got a God who sits high and looks low. He sent to him a prophet by the name of Nathan. And he gave him the story, I just preached on it the other day, about the man that had a whole flock and the man that had one new lamb. What would you do if the guy with the many flocks said, hey, take that man over there's one little new lamb. He said, man, he deserves death. He has to restore that fourfold. If he eat that man's little ewe lamb that was so precious to him, he needs to give him four lambs back. And then what did the prophet Nathan say? You are the man. Could I just back up and say at the end of 2 Samuel chapter 11, all these things that David did, you know what the last verse of chapter 11 says? And the things that David did displeased the Lord. That's called sin. And David, because he was his son, is fixing to have a storm, category C, chastisement. You shall restore fourfold. Now let me just ask you this. Have you read the rest of that story? The storm hits. God said fourfold. Look up here and listen. His son that was conceived in that adulterous fair, he died. Lamb won. Are you staying with me? Say, I am. I am. Remember when Adam on died after raping his sister? Lamb too. Remember when Absalom died? Got his hair hung up in a tree and they put spears through his side. Lamb three. Remember when Adonijah died? Lamb four. 
I want you all to look at me. When something is in your life that displeases the Lord and you claim to be a Christian, and if you are a Christian, He'll put you through a storm to bring you back to the center of God's will. But I'm not sure you'll want to go through that storm. As you can see David's heart in Psalms 51 as he cried out for mercy. Is everybody staying with me? Yep. How about we start categorizing storms? There you go. Category S, the storm of salvation. Come on. Category C, the storm of chastisement. That's the introduction. You ready for the message? Bring it on. Bring it How about on. category P, the storm of perfection. If you got your Bibles, you can open them to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14. Or if you choose to do so, you just sit and soak. It's category P, the storm of perfection. Listen to what James said. He says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was he writing the letter to? to the twelve tribes which was scattered abroad. The twelve tribes. Why was they scattered? Because they were smack dab in the center of God's will. They was persecuted for standing up for Jesus. Wasn't no salvation storm. They're saved, born again, washed in the blood. Right, amen. Wasn't no category C chastising storm because they're right smack dab in the center of God's will. Amen. This is a category P storm, the perfect storm, or if you will, the perfecting storm. Amen. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes that are scattered abroad. This is what he says. Count it joy, my brethren. When you fall into various trials, storms, and let it produce patience. Yeah. Amen. That patience might have its, come on, category P, that patience might have its perfect work that you may be made perfect and complete. Come on. God is willing to send storms because he wants to perfect and complete his children. Right. That perfect storm that we're going to look at is in Matthew chapter 14. But I think it's very important to set the setting before I preach the message. John the Baptist, the cousin of the Lord Jesus, his best friend, had just been beheaded simply because he called sin, sin. Got that? And it broke the heart of Jesus, just like he was fully man, as if he was no God. You with me? Yeah. And he was going to go get alone and just mourn because he believes the Bible's right when it says there's a time to mourn. And as he was headed out there to mourn, there was a whole bunch of people, they call it a multitude, began to follow him. And when he saw them, he was moved with compassion. Right. Do you know what moves the heart of our God? When people are hurting. Right. And another guy's voice said, don't send them away, let them come. 
And my Bible says he begins to heal the sick. Right. All of their sick. But then the disciples come up there, and I love this. Lord, we're in a deserted place. <laughs> really? Don't you want to the Lord just turned to him and said, you say. <laughs> we're in a deserted place. Send this multitude away. That they may go to town and get them some food. Jesus says, ain't no need to send them away. You feed them. Amen. Look here. All we have, all we got is two fish and five loaves. How many of you know seven plus two is not much? But what's seven plus two plus the Lord? Fellers, bring me the lunch. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to the disciples. He said, give them their food. I've done commanded them to sit down on the grassy knoll. And they all ate just like a bunch of Baptists. It says they were so full. They probably looking at each other and said, I couldn't take another bite. <laughs> but this is pretty surprising because five plus two is not much. But five plus two plus the Lord is more than enough. That's right. What wasn't enough is now more than enough because, hey, you 12 get over here, get you some baskets. We got leftovers. They took up 12 baskets of leftovers. You got that? And when that had all been done, it comes to verse 14, chapter 14 and verse 22. And Jesus, in verse 22, immediately said to them, 12, I thought it'd be a good setting. Get in the boat. And go to the other side. You wonder if one of them boys said, where at over there? How are you going to find us? <laughs> Am I going to find you? <laughs> but just for your serenity, see that little bare spot over there? Go over there. I'll meet you there. In this storm category P, here's what we better understand. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. So is it all right this morning if I just put the spotlight on Jesus? In category P storms, you better understand the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Amen. Immediately, he put him in a boat, said, go to the other side. Now, we know he went upon the mountain. And when I speak about the sovereignty of God, if he can walk on water, I believe he's better than Travis Meyer at predicting the weather. That's right. And I don't want to bleed over on his went to pray but my Bible said they got out there in the middle of the sea in the fourth watch. Thank God ain't sovereign. Thank God don't tell his creation what to do. 
My Bible says in Isaiah, he sends the rain. My Bible says he sends the snow. You think he isn't a sovereign God? Listen to me. Up there on the mountain, he knew right when he was in the middle of the sea, deepest waters. He knew it was in the fourth watch, darkest hour. You ever used your sanctified imagination? I wonder if he took time out of his prayer. We're going to get there. And said, hey, wind. We're out there in the middle. Attack. Hmm? I mean, he's the one that tells everything what to do. So you wonder if while he's on that mountain, he stopped to pray and he says, hey, hang on, Father. Hey, wind. They're in the middle. Attack. Huh? See, God knows where and when to send the storm. And he is a sovereign God. And now that they're in the middle, the deepest water, in the darkest hour, God is sovereign and he is the master of the wind. He tells the wind, I need a storm out there. And all of a sudden there is a storm right out there where he planted his disciples. Reminds me of that story about a man who planted a tree and it grew and it grew and it grew, but the winds kept blowing it back and forth. And so this man thought it'd be important, my dear friends, that he rope it and stake it so it don't get blown by the wind. But he noticed once he roped it and staked it that the tree stopped growing. And so he got in touch with, I guess, a botanist and asked this expert why his tree had quit growing. And when the expert come out and saw the ropes on the tree, he said, sir, the ropes. And the man said, I tied them on there so the wind wouldn't blow it. He said, sir, untie the ropes because this tree is designed to grow because when the winds blow against it, it sways the tree, causing the roots to go deeper. And when the roots go deeper, the tree gets taller. Sir, take off the ropes. That's what God knows about you and I. Listen, sometimes he lets the winds and the storms and adversity blow us back and forth. And when it does, we get rooted deeper in the spirit, deeper in the word of God. And then we can grow stronger as Christians. Amen. See, sometimes we don't want God to be the sovereign in our life. Reminds me of the man that got on the plane, first class, sat next to a lady and small small talk started, and she said, what do you do? He said, I'm a preacher of the gospel. Wasn't long they got up high in the sky and hit one of those storms, and they was bouncing off the top of the plane, off down to the seat, throwing them around like a rag doll in that plane. That lady looked at that preacher and said, do something. (laughs) That preacher looked at her and said, ma'am, I'm in sales, not management. (laughs) Folks, how many of us think we're in management? All he's ever called you and I to do is be in sales, and that simply be proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. And we got a sovereign God that knows when to tell the winds, attack. 
And when adversity needs to come, are you with me? I'm just going to lift up Jesus. In this perfect storm, he's sovereign. Right. He knows when to send the winds. You with me? But then secondly, if you read that, you're going to see, I'm just putting the spotlight on Jesus. In this category P storm, we not only see the sovereignty of, the G of Jesus in the storm, we see the supplication of Jesus in the storm. Hey, man, I just had a great day feeding the 5,000. I'm still mourning a little bit my cousin's death, but i got to grow them a little stronger, a little deeper. So you guys get in the boat, you go to the other side, and he goes up on the mountain to get alone, get alone, and pray. I love corporate prayer meetings. I love prayer meetings together, but it never replaces a prayer closet a long time talking with the Lord. That's right. And if Jesus needed to get alone and pray, right. who in the world are we That's to right. think we don't need to get alone with God and pray? That's right. So he's up there and he knows it's going down. And he's praying for strength. He's an all-knowing God, isn't he? Yes, he God, is. I need some strength and we'll have to walk on water. God, I need a little strength. I'm going to have to get out there and kind of boss the wind and the waves around just a little. Yeah. Sometimes when you know the task that's before you, it'll get you to the mountaintop to get along with God. That's right. And so here's what I want to tell you. I don't know if you're in a storm right now. I don't know the category. But I do know this. Jesus forever lives according to the book of Hebrews. He sits at the right hand side of the Father and He forever lives to do what? Intercede for you and I. Listen to me. Let me just pump you up a little this morning. Every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year, my Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and He's praying for me nonstop. We see the sovereignty of Jesus. We see the supplication of Jesus. Yeah. But let me just tell you this third point. I hope I can preach it. I jotted some good stuff down there, but the wind, the master of the wind's got it blowing just a little. <laughs> what have I talked about in this category P storm? The sovereignty of God. He tells the storms when to attack. The supplication of Jesus. Yeah. How about a seminar from Jesus? A seminar from Jesus in the storm. Now I want you to think about that. This is how it come to me. We got seminars, don't we? Yeah. I mean, we got a grazing seminar going on right now at Claymore, Oklahoma. I, I, I was reading about. I mean, there's preaching seminars. There's business seminars, right? Yeah. Where are they at? They're in Branson at big, lovers, lavish places. Where are they at? They're in Las Vegas. We, we find a big pavilion. We find a big building. And we have seminars there. Jesus, I can just say, hey, we're going to have a seminar. Hey, we're going we gonna to rent a place? I'll just do it out there in the deepest waters. There you go. Yes. I just want to have a seminar for my 12th. Well, we want to go to First Baptist Jerusalem, Church of Christ in Jerusalem, uh, uh, the Holiness Church in Jerusalem. Uh, do, we, do we want to go to the Methodist in Jerusalem? What church, if we don't want to go to there, do we want to go to the Holiday Inn Express conference room? Where do we want to go, Jesus? If you're wanting to have a seminar, where do you want to go? I tell you what. 
right out there in the middle. Where's the deepest waters? Come on, folks. Wherever the deepest waters are, that's where. Okay, Jesus, what time? And we want to make sure everybody had some breakfast. You want to do it at 10 when they got their bellies full? You want to do it right after lunch? I mean, he just don't have seminars like we have. I tell you what, let's go the fourth watch of the night. Let's go four o'clock in the morning. Is that when it's the darkest? Let's do four o'clock in the morning. Folks, listen to this. He's going to have a seminar. Ain't going to have it in the middle of the sea, the deepest waters, and he's going to have it in the darkest hours. So he gets done praying, and there's a big storm out there, and he just takes off off the mountain. And he just comes to the water. Are you going to swim plumb out that storm? No. And he just goes to walking on the water. So Jesus sends him into the storm, prays for him into the storm, and don't miss this. Now he's going to them in the storm. And he's headed out there, and he's going to have this seminar. And when you read about this story in the Gospel of John, are these guys professional fishermen or what? If anybody knows how to navigate on a stormy sea, isn't it some of them folks in the boat? And John, when he records this storm, this Category P storm, he said them guys had rowed until they was war slick, frantically. These are professional, professional fishermen. And Jesus leaves them out there eight plus hours seeing how they make it on their own. And then he goes walking out there. Their arms are burning. There's blisters on their hands. And they get a little spooked. Oh, it's a ghost, they said. And he says, I'm not no ghost. Immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheers. It is I. You'll better appreciate that in the Greek. Cheer up, guys. That just sounds better than be of good cheer to me. I'm just no country boy. Be of good cheer. We don't even drink no more, Lord. We don't need to give cheers. I just better understand it when he shows up and says, Cheer up, boys! But I love it even better in the Greek when he says, It is I. Same translation as I am the I am. You know what he just said in his seminar? He showed up out there and he said, Cheer up, boys! The great I am is here. What's the great I am? I am whatever you need, boys. You lost? I am the way. You confused? I am the truth. You dead? I am the life. And by the way, I am the resurrection.
morning. Cheer up, folks. The great I am just showed up. And whatever you need, he says, I am. And so he says, I'm here. And they probably wondered, what in the world took you so long? <laughs> Don't miss this. It's got to be hard for Jesus because it's hard for Daddy. Jesus waited to teach them to wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's biblical. Just sometimes let your Bible fall open to Isaiah chapter 30. The Lord had waited. The Lord waited to be gracious to them. And he waited to grant them mercy that he might be exalted. Yes. Amen. That's right. If I go to them just a little bit too quick, them old fishermen, they like to brag anyhow. <laughs> They'll stick their chest up and say, look what I've done. Right. right. But if I wait to teach them in my seminar to wait, they'll better appreciate it. What he was teaching them in this seminar is without me, you can do nothing. Right, that's right. I don't care how good you can sell a boat. Do you get that? Yeah. This is a seminar. This is teaching. But I think you better understand, and why did I tell you everything that had happened before this? How soon do we forget? Come on, folks. He's got a seminar after what had just happened about eight to ten hours before. And he just wanted to teach him something about his presence. You'll want to keep me present. Remember when I was present up there when you guys didn't know what you was going to do for food? See what happens when I become, when I come into the presence here? Folks, you better understand, you want to live in the presence of Almighty God. That's right. Amen. And let me just tell you something. I believe he was teaching something in this seminar about his presence, and we ought to learn we want to stay in his presence. But then I believe he wanted to teach in this seminar something about his power. And I think they forgot how. What does the Bible say he done when they was all getting hungry? What was he doing? Come on. He was healing the sick. And while he was healing the sick, they all got hungry. He wasn't hungry. You know why Jesus wasn't hungry? He was eating a meat that man knew not of. Woo! Yeah, that's right. Come on. But what was he doing? He was healing the sick eight hours, ten hours previous to this storm. They was watching blind people get back their sight. They was watching lame people get up and walk. They was watching lepers' skin be turned back whole. They was watching deaf people hear dumb people speak. Are you with me? That's what they was watching. And so in this seminar, he was going to say, how soon do you forget? You don't want out of my presence. And how soon do you forget my power to heal the sick? But he has the power to forgive sins. Amen. But in this seminar, 
Here he comes back with his presence. And, and to me, he's giving him a seminar on power. But don't forget this. I believe he was teaching something in this seminar about his provision. How many baskets of leftovers was gathered? Say it real loud. Say it louder now. How many disciples are there? Get in that boat. Go to the other side. Give me my doggy bag. It's a long ways over there. Give me my doggy bag. Peter, James, John. Give me my doggy bag. How many doggy bags was there? Say it out loud. Twelve. How many of them got this doggy bag? Twelve. And I guess it's in the boat between their legs. And now he's back in their presence. And when he's walking on the water, they're probably thinking, when they find out it ain't a ghost, you know, I don't surprise me he walks on water. I've watched the blind see. I've watched the lame walk. i watched the dumb speak. i watched the deaf hear. They're reminded of his power. Aren't they? Yeah. I just wonder if Jesus said, Hey, John, what's that between your legs there? Oh, that's my doggy bag. James, what's that on, over on your side? Oh, that's my doggy bag. Yeah. Have you guys forgot? I'm the great provider. Right. Folks, how soon do we forget? Right. And here's what I really like. This seminar, he taught him about the presence, the power, the provision, by just pointing to their doggy bag. But don't forget this. He taught him something about his promises. Immediately he told them to get in the boat and go under. Come on. Where's the Jesus bumps? You didn't tell them to get in the boat and go under. No. Get in the boat and go over to the other side. I think we need a seminar. And I think we need to be reminded about living in the presence and in the power and under the provision and standing on the promises of God. When you got saved, He didn't save you to go under. He saved you to go over to the other side. And you can rest assured every one of His promises according to the Apostle Paul are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Amen. So... What's the last thing? We see the sovereignty of Jesus in this storm. We see the supplication of Jesus in this storm. But we see the solution from Jesus in this storm. Now what happens here? Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, just a little bit of doubt there, wasn't he? He still wasn't convinced it wasn't just a ghost. But if he was a ghost, it was a good ghost, kind of like Casper. And look here. If it's you, Lord, command me to come to you on the water. Can I just stop and say, don't be satisfied being in the boat? There you go, yes. One twelfth of them desired to be closer to Jesus. Lord, if it's you, Command me to come to you on the water. 
So he, that's Jesus, said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30 says, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous. Folks, the waves wasn't the problem. Because if there wasn't no wind, there wouldn't be no waves. That's the first thing we ought to do is recognize the problem. It was the wind, not the waves. He saw that the winds was boisterous and oh, the danger of distraction. Yes, that's right. What happens when we lose focus on the author and finisher of our faith? I'll tell you what happens. What happened right here? Doubt come in and fear come in. Right. You lose your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and let me tell you what you're opening the door for. Doubt and fear to come rushing in like water at a dam. And when he takes his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. And here's the solution. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. That's right, amen. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him and said to him, oh, you have little faith. And he put me back in the boat. And they said, surely this is the Son of God. And most storms people are going is there a God or where is God? In the midst of their storm, they said, surely this is the Son of God. Amen. So what's the solution? Cry out to Jesus. And when he cried out to Jesus, how? He got him safely out of the storm. So what's the solution to the storm, if it's category C, what did the prodigal do? He cried out to the Father. What does Romans 10, 13 say? For those who call upon the Lord shall be saved. You know what the solution is if you're here today and you're lost? You know what the solution is here today if you're in a category S storm? Cry out to Jesus and you can be saved. What happened in the category C storm, the storm of chastisement? Go read Psalms 51. When David took his whooping, his chastening from the Lord, he cried out, verse 1, Have mercy upon me, Lord. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Amen. Mend these broken bones that I may rejoice again. In other words, David said, I've been in a storm. I've been beat up. I've been banged up. So are you staying with me? Category S storm. What's the solution? Cry out to the Lord. Category C storm. What's the solution? Cry out to the Lord. And some of you here today, you're right smack dab in the will of God. But there's a storm. And he commanded it and said to attack because he wanted you to grow deeper. So you could grow taller. Amen. And what's the answer? When it's over your head. He cried out, Lord, save me. Listen to this. And it's Bible. 
Psalms 107, we're talking about the solution to whatever category storm you're in. Psalms 107, please listen to this closely. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness. Can you give Him thanks for His goodness? Yes. Let me just say this. Will you guys get on the ship with me right quick? Get on the ship with me. Are you ready? Not only that we would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. If you're on the ship with me, we ought to give Him the sacrifice, the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we ought to declare, according to the psalmist, his works with rejoicing. You on the ship? We're on the ship of praise right now. Because God is good and he's good all the time. And we're on the ship and we're giving thanks for his goodness, his wonderful works. We're giving him the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And we are declaring, as Dave did, we're out in the middle of his works and his creation. Are you on the ship? Yep. Stay on. Stay on the ship. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters. You on the ship? They see the works of the Lord, but they also see the wonders in the deep. Listen to verse 25. It's Psalms 107. For he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts the waves. Right. There's only one master of the wind. Right. These folks are getting on the ship, they do business in the sea, and they're giving him praise, but now they're talking about now he is the one that commands the wind, raises up the waves. Listen to verse 30, verse 26. They mount up to the heavens. You know what these guys on this ship are saying? You on there with me? The waves get almost to where they go to heaven. We've been out there. That's what these guys are saying. But then when that wave's gone and it causes this tide, man, we've been down to the depths. Because it says right there, then we go down to the depths. And then it says in verse 26, if you're on the ship, their soul melts. You ever went to praising God for His works among us as men, giving Him the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and then all of a sudden you're on the ship and the waves arise, plumb to heaven, you're up there, and bam, you go down to the pits, the bottom of those waves, and you're in a storm. The psalmist had been there. He said, I'm going to tell you what it does. It melts my soul. You on the ship? Yep. Have you sailed across the ship of life? Don't that sound just like us? Mm -hmm. Come on. Is this you? It says they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. Has the storms of life ever had you just stagger? You know what the rest of that verse says? And they're at wit's end. Now I've had my mom there. But sometimes life's had me there. Right. Yeah. Anybody on the ship? Yeah. I mean, we're smooth sailing and we're giving him praise and we're giving him thanks and then all of a sudden we're in a storm. Our soul is melting. We're stumbling around because of the storms of life like a drunken man. 
and we're at our wit's end. This is Bible, folks. This is the perfect storm. Now watch this. And it doesn't matter which category of the storm. Then, what did I say the solution was? Oh, Lord. Would somebody look at verse 28? Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distress. No, distress us. Don't care what your distress is. I'll bring you out. It says he calms the storm so that its waves are still, and they are glad because they are quiet. And listen to this. So he guides them to their desired haven. Amen. I, folks, listen. If you're here and you're going through a category S storm salvation, you know what he just said? I can calm the storm. I can take you to your desired haven. That's salvation. If you're here and you're in a category sea storm, you're under the chastening hand of God, your soul's melting, you're stumbling around in sin like a drunken man, cry out to me! And I can get you out of your sin and I can lead you to your safe haven! And if you're here and you're in the center of God's will, guess what? But you're still in a storm? Just cry out to the Lord and he said, I can calm the storm and I'll take you to that safe haven. Folks, the solution is just simply to cry out to Jesus. No matter what. That's right. I think that pastor's name was Nelson. Got caught up like preachers do. So his wife had to take the kids and go home. It was late before he got in and realized he didn't have the keys to the house. When he looked in, his wife was asleep on the couch with the lamp. He could see her. Didn't have his keys, so what did he do? He first rang the doorbell. She, she just, no movement. He then went to the window. He pounded on the window. No movement. He went back. He pounded on the door, opened the screen. I mean, he has made every kind of noise he can make with a doorbell and a window and a door. Now he's getting just a little bit concerned, so he goes to his neighbor's house. And he tells of how he dialed his home phone, and he remembers distinctly it ringing 22 times. So now it's not only him expecting the worst, his neighbors go with him back to the home. And they go up to the window, and just as they begin to knock on the window, that wife jumps up off that couch and bolts up the stairs. And here in a little bit she comes down and they knocked on the window and done this and she come and opened the door. Pastor Nelson said, Honey, I have rang that doorbell. I have beat on that window. I have knocked on that door. I went to the neighbors and our phone rang 22 times and I couldn't raise you out of your sleep. And then when I got over here, I saw you jump up and run up those stairs. How come I couldn't raise you with beating on the window, beating on the door, ringing the doorbell, and dialing our number? Why did you jump up all of a sudden? Because I heard the baby cry. You tell you what's near and dear to the heart of God? Hearing his babies. I don't know what your storm is today, but I know the solution is cry out to Jesus. Let's all stand.
Father, my prayer, if there's one within the sound of my voice that's going through the storm, category S, it's salvation. That they'll step out of this crowd and they'll come and let you lead them to the safe haven. Father, my prayer is if there's someone here within the sound of my voice that's in a category C storm, what they're doing in their life is displeasing to the Lord and there's a storm because of it. If they'll just cry out to you in this storm and in their sin, you're faithful and just to forgive them of their sin and cleanse them of all unrighteousness. But listen, just because it's hot, just because we're outside, doesn't mean God still isn't moving. If you're here today and you're in a category P storm, man, you feel like you're right where you need to be with the Lord. But the storms are raging. The waves are high. The wind is strong. Here's the altars. You can use these chairs. The answer is, the solution is, cry out to Jesus. Would you come? Who'll be first? Exciting Southeast. Got some folks in the altar. Anybody care to step in there beside them? Love on them. Speak the name of Jesus over them. David continues to play. The farther we get in our Christian life, sometimes it seems like the farther we get away from what 
what Jesus wants us to do. Some of you've been Christians so long, you attend the church, your life's cleaned up so much, you're kind of like them disciples out there. You can do this by yourself. And I'm amazed when I look at the people that hit these altars and they're weeping and crying more times than not, it's the new converts. And I just wonder if us folks have been saved a while, oh, we don't need to be like them. We can get our boat going. Think about that. So here's how you probably ought to think about it, and here's probably how I can encourage you to think about it a little more. When you first got saved, how good was your prayer time, your Bible study, and how much time did you spend in the altars? But the farther we go and we get a little, well, we don't need to go down there. We don't need to do this. We don't need to do that. Folks, I get a little bit disturbed of where the church as a whole is at nowadays. We sing these songs. I can't even walk without holding your hand. But we never reach out to his hand when we're walking. And if he tries to hold our hand or draw us in closer, we got it. We got it. This might be a warning if that's where you're at. Might be a warning to draw you in close in his presence, remembering his power, remembering he's the one that provides, and remember his promises. Lest we have to go through one of those storms to be reminded. All God's people ought to be saying, Amen. Amen.